Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith When we look at world history, we can see the cruelty. We could see the inhumanity of man to man. It makes us aware that only when the government is upon the shoulders of the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior Jesus, will everything be right. Don't look to political leaders like saviors or messiahs. There's only one person that we can look to in that way. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives In today's message from Daniel chapter 8, we will learn about Daniel's glimpse into the future. Pastor Ed interprets Daniel's vision of the ram and goat. Pastor Ed then teaches us that the future Daniel saw came to pass and is now written in secular history books. This astonishing fact proves the authenticity of the scripture. Finally, Pastor Ed will point out that the only person that will rule over the people of the earth justly and fairly is Jesus. Therefore, we wait patiently for this day of return. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, God Knows and Controls Tomorrow. What's going to happen when the Jewish people are back in their homeland. Uh, He sees 200 years, and then he sees 300 years. And to put all this together is so difficult. It says this, Afterwards I got up and performed my duties for the king, but I was greatly troubled by the vision and could not understand it. We have to come to God's word with humility, with a deep sense of dependency and saying, Lord, open your word to me. There are liberal scholars across the world who know the Bible better than any of us. They know the Greek. They know the Hebrew. They've written commentaries. They've given their life to study the scriptures. Those liberal scholars don't believe in salvation. They don't have a personal relationship with God. Unless the Spirit of God quickens you, you don't understand. You can be brilliant. You could be a genius. But it doesn't mean that you comprehend spiritual things. And here is a godly man who needs God's help in guiding and directing and helping him to understand the word. I remember a woman in our church. She came to me and she said she had this revelation from God and she opened the scripture and she began to talk to me about the scriptures in the Old Testament. And clearly she was way off. I mean, that's not what the Bible was saying. And I tried to explain it to her. I mean, it was not even... A hint of that in there, which she was talking to me about this issue that she was seeing in there. And I explained as pastoral as I could, gentle as I could. And she was upset as she could be. 
and uh, she's no longer in our church. There has to be a sense of humility that we walk low and humble and saying, Oh God, show me. Give me an understanding. God, show me my heart. Show me your word. Show me your presence. The heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart will pull you astray. Your heart will bury the truth in pride and self-will and arrogancy. There must be an incredible dependence upon God that says, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. And here is this godly man who God has given him all these revelations. God has given him the ability to interpret dreams and discernment. But yet at a point, he doesn't fully understand what God is saying in this vision. But yet God is revealing to him things to come. And Peter does tell us, the prophets looked into what they said to try and understand what they said. So a telescopic view of events from prophetic history. Walk humbly when you walk in the pages of prophecy. Second thing I want you to see, the future prophecy that became completed history. This is really important. The future prophecy, Daniel spoke of the future, but that's history now. And we're looking back on a prophecy that is history. Isaiah 42, 9 reads, Everything I prophesied, this is God speaking, has come true. And now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. God does that over and over again. If you look at the biblical text, verse 9 of chapter 8, it reads, Out of one came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, towards the glorious land. That's Israel. That, between verse 8 and between verse 9, is 150 years. Because he's speaking about Antiochus, Antiochus IV. Let me just read to you this prophecy, and you could see aspects of the Antichrist in this, but as you read it, it's not, it's referring to Antiochus. In the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, that's again referring to Israel, a stern-faced king, a master of intrigue will arise. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. There's an evil power behind them. He will cause astounding devastation. He will exceed in whatever he does. He will destroy the mighty men and the holy people. Is referring to the Jewish people. He will cause deceit to prosper. And he will consider himself superior. In other translations, he will consider himself great, greater than others. When they feel secure, the Jews, he will destroy many and take a stand against the prince of princes, God. Yet he will be destroyed, but not by human power. 
The vision of the evening and morning that has been given to you is true, but seal up the vision for it concerns a distant future. Now, what happens is God's people drift away from God and he allows an unrighteous king, Antiochus IV, to rise up and they want to make everybody fully embrace the Greek culture. Now what he does is he says that Jewish males cannot be circumcised. He wants people to get rid of the Torah. He wants to Grecianize the whole world, unite it together, and get rid of any worship of Yahweh, of Jehovah, God. It's interesting how when a person gets absolute power, they're on dangerous ground. You see this pattern in leadership. You see this fallen nature that all of us have. Alexander the Great becomes cruel. Nebuchadnezzar, until God humbles him, is given over the pride. In Isaiah 14, it's a prophecy about the king of Babylon. I will ascend. I'll be like the Most High. And it, if you look at it, it's, it's a mirror of what's happening or what happened, rather, in heaven when Lucifer rebelled against God. Power corrupts unless we humbly submit ourselves to God. You see pride coming in. Think of Hitler. Fifty million people in the Second World War. Fifty million people. The bloodshed. There's only one person that can handle absolute power, and that is God. And what you see happening is an insight from history. In the book of Maccabees, now the book of Maccabees is not an inspired book of the Bible. It is a historical book with many historical facts in it. But it's not an inspired book book. It's not in our canon of scripture. In Maccabees chapter 1, 41 to 50, you see this foresight versus hindsight. Then the king wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. And again, Antiochus, that's him. And that all should give up their particular customs all the Gentiles accepted the command of the king. Many even from Israel gladly adopted his religion. They sacrificed to idols and they profaned the Sabbath. The king sent letters by messengers to Jerusalem and towns of Judah. He directed them to follow customs strange to the land, to forbid burnt offerings and sacrifices and drink offerings in the sanctuary, to profane the Sabbath, and festivals to defile the sanctuary and the priest to build altars and sacred precincts and shrines for idols to sacrifice swine and other unclean animals to leave their sons uncircumcised they were to make themselves abominable by every unclean everything unclean and profane 
so that they would forget the law and change all ordinances. He added, and whoever does not obey the command of the king shall die. Here's what happens. He is so angry with the Jewish people and he wants to change the laws. He wants to defeat the Jews and just see them assimilated and he takes a pig into the Holy of Holies and imagine how abhorrent that is to a Jew and he offers that pig as a sacrifice. He puts an altar to Zeus in the Holy of Holies. He puts a statue to Zeus, the Greek god and he defiles the temple. Now why did God allow that? In the scripture in chapter 8 God's revealing to Daniel, it was because the people's disobedience. It was because they had gone away from God. They forgot what Nehemiah, what Ezra, they forgot what, and they had become superficial in their relationship with God. And they wanted to just blend into the world, just blend into the society. And they just wanted the norms of the culture around them. And God allowed judgment and a stirring and oppression to come. When we look at world history, we can see the cruelty. We could see the inhumanity of man to man. It makes us aware that only when the government is upon the shoulders of the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior Jesus, will everything be right. Don't look to political leaders like saviors or messiahs. There's only one person that we can look to in that way. We should pray for our leaders. We should remember them continually before the Lord. I want you to recognize what he's saying here, that here he is, he's looking forward, and he can't really fully understand everything. But when the events happen, ah, that's Alexander the Great. This is what he was referring to. You you begin to understand Antiochus IV. This is, okay, that's what the scripture is referring to. A lot of things in prophecy we will not understand until we're right at that event or we're after that event. That doesn't mean that we ignore it. It means that we walk softly in the fear of God, recognizing that our God controls history. He brings and sets up a kingdom, and for a time it reigns, and then he pulls the kingdom down and sets up another one. He has set boundaries, and he has set seasons, and our God rules this world. That's in the word of God. Uh, In Isaiah 46, 9 to 10, I want to read the New Living Translation. It says this, Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Only I can tell the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. We will not fully understand our journey to the end of the journey, and we look back. 
We will not fully understand what God has done in this world and why he's done what he's done until the end of the journey, looking back from heaven to earth. But during this journey, we trust him all along the way. Now, history is cyclical. It repeats itself. As you think about Antiochus, think about a picture of the Antichrist. Because what Jesus does is he remembers the desolation that Daniel talked about that was fulfilled about 163 or 165 B.C. And he makes reference to it, but he looks to a future date. Listen to his prophecy in Daniel, in Matthew chapter 24. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. The sacrilegious object, the cause that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So Jesus tells us something's going to happen in the future. They're going to be a leader like Antichrist. Now we see many people that have that spirit of Antichrist. And there are Antichrists in John's time in the world, those who oppose God. Paul the Apostle speaks about the end time before the coming of Christ in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness, notice what he's called lawlessness, is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God, just like Antiochus did. He he lifted himself. He opposed God. That's what's a picture of the Antichrist. The Antichrist that Paul is talking about he will oppose everything that is called God or worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. In verse 12 of chapter 8, it said that the king had cast down truth. You see it happening today where we promote relativism Hey, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. Especially when it comes to the realm of morality. Especially when it comes to the realm of spiritual things. Well, that's your truth. That's not my truth. You see the spirit of lawlessness that is preparing our nation for difficult times. You see the spirit of lawlessness that will become more prominent And that when Antichrist comes, he will propagate. He will be the law unto himself. This relativism, it's just, it destroys intellectualism. It destroys morality. It destroys freedom. Let's take prayer out of the schools. We don't want the Ten Commandments in. Some might obey it. It may influence people. And what have we put in replace? A morality that reflects anti-God and anti-Christ. A morality that fails to acknowledge God and makes man his own God. As Christians, 
as believers in Jesus Christ, I call you on the authority of his name to follow him, to take up your cross, and not to forget the God who rules history who marches one king off the throne, one nation off the top of the hill into oblivion. He is the God who writes our history as well, the history, the story of our lives. In the larger story, there are smaller stories, the story of your obedience, your faithfulness, your listening to his voice. Our king is coming. I don't know when it will be. It may be in our lifetime, it may not be. But I do know one day that every prophecy will be history. I know that what God has said in his word will come to pass and be fulfilled. The folly and the foolishness of this world will bound you and bind you and blind you to the reality of the kingdom of God. Let the Spirit of God come and break you loose from those things and set your heart on the fact that God does control history, that God does reign, and someday we will stand before Almighty God. Now this communion table tells us of God's great faithfulness to us. God gave his very best for us. And he calls us to a covenant relationship to him where our sinfulness can be washed away, when our disobedience can be nailed to the cross, where the things that hinder can be laid at the foot of the cross. I want you just for a moment to imagine that the prophecy of his coming has become history and we're looking back on our lives how we live out our days has eternal ramifications I was reading about Pompeii when Pompeii was destroyed by Mount Vesuvius people were stopped right in their tracks they were soldiers standing erect with their weapons in their hands. There were children in the marketplace playing. There were wives and husbands doing housework and working at their jobs, frozen in that position. The judgment came, and it was too late. It didn't have to be that way, because there were warnings. There were warnings. A week prior, smoke was coming up from Mount Vesuvius. An ominous smoke saying, something's going to happen. There was a rumbling and a quaking in the ground saying, something's going to happen. When you see the signs that Jesus talked about, wars and rumors of wars, the suppression of truth, the spirit of Antichrist, it should be an alarm going off inside our souls saying, let's get ready. He's going to come. I don't know when, but he's going to come. And his word will be fulfilled. Wake up, O sleeper. Wake up, O sleeper, the word of God says. 
Oh, let the spiritual alarm go in our hearts because He is going to return. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore